We're previewing this upcoming series between the Texas Rangers and the Minnesota Twins down at Globe Life. Should be fun. Bryce and I are next on today's Lockdown Crossover. You are Locked On Twins. Your daily Minnesota Twins podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Welcome to a Lockdown Crossover. It's the first between me and Bryce, and I want to let Bryce introduce himself for you. First, I want to thank you for making this crossover your first listen today. We are free and available wherever you get your podcast. I'm Nash Walker. I'm the host of Lockdown Twins. This is my third season, talking about the Twins Daily and writing at Twins Daily for four seasons. Bryce, tell some Twins fans about yourself, please. They need to know who you are. Give the oh, people I, what they want. Oh, I'm, I'm Bryce Patrick, uh, founder and host for all four seasons, so uh, completely leaving Nash in the dust, hosting this Locked <laughs> On Rangers podcast. Been writing about the Texas Rangers since they were actually good. Uh, well, I guess I started in 2014. They weren't good that year. But, you know, after that, at some point when I've been covering this team, they have been good, and... After this last series in, in Baltimore, I don't know how much you saw of it, but it made me want to give up on baseball and sports forever. It was about that bad. So the Rangers, it's interesting. This season for them, they signed Corey Seager, they signed Marcus Semien, they make big splashes in the offseason. But really, if I'm not mistaken, I admittedly haven't followed them super closely, but their pitching staff has been more of the story and more of the reason why you know, they're around 500. I think they're 37 and 43 now, but they were right around 500. They went on a nice run there, and it's been their pitching staff, I feel like, Bryce. Yeah, it really has. The offense has been there in, in spurts. They also traded for a guy who Twins fans will know very well, Mitch Garver. But um, shocker, uh, Mitch Garver's been hurt a lot. Um, <laughs> stop mm-hmm. me if you heard that one before. But yeah, the pitching staff has really been the answer. It's mainly been Martin Perez, who's been one of the best pitchers in the American League, a guy who is a former twin came up with the Rangers, was there for, I want to say, seven seasons, had all this you know high expectation of being a top prospect, didn't quite live up to it, did a season in Minnesota, did a couple of seasons in Boston, and has been just absolutely outstanding for the Rangers this year. Martine, it's funny, Martine in 2019 was awesome up until like mid-May, and then he fell off and didn't pitch as well the rest of the season. But the Rangers kind of do this, Bryce. Like they did it with Lance Lynn. They did it with Kyle Gibson, and now they're doing it again with Martin Perez. Yeah, this is the one thing the Rangers have done really well while they've been rebuilding. Uh, Kyle Gibson is a great example that they turned him into an all-star. They did the same thing um, with Mike Miner as well. He was a guy who was a top prospect coming up, a first-round pick out of Vanderbilt with the Braves. Highly touted guy, had some injuries, became an ace reliever for the Royals in that very, very deadly bullpen for a couple of years. The Rangers said, hey, we're going to make you a starting pitcher. And, you know, it went okay the first year. Then the second year, he was an all-star, finished top 10 in Cy Young voting. So, uh, and they've done, it seems like they've done a similar thing with John Gray. The first month, month and a half was kind of rough for him. Uh, had some injuries, but the month of June, he was fantastic. He's been pretty solid so far in his one start in May or July, whatever month this is. <laughs> so we'll see Gray versus Gray Friday night. It's Sonny Gray taking on John Gray in Texas Friday night. Then Martin Perez, Devin Smeltzer, a couple of lefties on Saturday. And then Dylan Bundy and Dane Dunning on Sunday are the probables uh, down in Texas. So the Twins come in, Bryce. They took two out of three from the White Sox in Chicago. 
They opened up a five and a half game lead. They have a four and a half game lead over Cleveland. It's been a fun year for the Twins. I think the American League Central, as you probably know, has not been very competitive this year and hasn't been very competitive for a couple of years. But you play who you play, and the Twins are in first place. They finished in last, you know, a year ago. So it's really nice uh, to see them winning again. The bullpen has been really, really bad. And I want to take this time, Bryce, to talk to you about some Rangers relievers because I feel like there are some some guys back there who, if the Rangers decide to sell coming up on August second, the Twins could could definitely uh, trade for. Tell me about this bullpen. So this bullpen's been really hit or miss. It was kind of at the beginning of the season. Like, okay, well, there are not a lot of guys that are you know veterans. They had two big arms that are well. One just came back in Jose Leclerc, who was absolutely amazing, but missed two seasons with different arm injuries. They also have Jonathan Hernandez, who. I don't know when he's going to be back. The thought was about a week after Jose Leclerc. Leclerc's been back for a little more than a week. Um, Hernandez also had Tommy John surgery and missed last year. Both those guys are absolutely nails at the back end of the pen, but they're still kind of feeling their way back from injuries. So the closer has been Joe Barlow, and he started off pretty great. His expected numbers don't look great, but he's blown half of his last eight save opportunities, including back-to-back opportunities in Baltimore. The Raiders lost three straight one-run games, and two of those were in extra innings. Dennis Santana's been really good, just as good as the numbers have been saying. Brock Burke is really quietly one of the best rookies in baseball. Had a couple of years that he just did not look like himself. Had an elbow or a shoulder injury, then looked terrible last year and thought, all right, well, that's done with that guy. And he's been phenomenal this year. And Matt Moore, the guy who I was the most wrong about. The most wrong about of all the Rangers offseason acquisitions, (laughs) I thought, okay, cool. I've seen the Matt Moore experience. We saw him as a starting pitcher. He's had his ERA around six, it feels like, the last three years. But he kept getting starts even for the Phillies last year, a contending team with an ERA, I think, above six. And I'm like, oh, cool. They brought this guy back. That's going to go out great. And they're like, oh, no, he's got a new curveball. It's a totally different pitcher. Not going to give up a million home runs. And I'm like, okay, I've heard that story before. Well, (laughs) he hasn't given up a single home run this year, and he's been – one of, if not the best relievers for the Rangers. And, like, really, actually, that that curveball has been a complete game-changer for him. I remember watching Matt Moore when I was, like, 10. I remember watching him and taking him in fantasy. Like, was that, like, last year? Ago. It was, like, 10 years ago <laughs> I was watching him. I do remember, though. I remember Matt Moore, and uh, it's cool to see these revitalized careers. We'll talk more about this series first. I want to tell you about Blue Nile. Are you looking for fine jewelry, but you're having trouble choosing Blue Nile has jewelry experts on hand 24-7, available via phone or chat to help you find a memorable gift at every budget. Blue Nile has simple online tools that let you choose the diamond shape, size, and clarity, as well as setting style. Blue Nile's bench jewelers will then handcraft her perfect engagement ring, and each ring is one of a kind. Make your moment sparkle with jewelry from BlueNile.com and Lockdown Sports, Lockdown Rangers, Lockdown Twins. Listeners, get $50 off purchases of $500 or more. This podcast exclusive includes engagement. Use code LOCKDOWN. That's code LOCKDOWN+. Plus. Every order is insured, ships free, and arrives in discreet packaging that won't give away what's inside. Shop stress-free and find your forever peace. Go to BlueNile.com today. Let's preview these pitching matchups, Bryce. So you have John Gray, who the Rangers brought in this offseason, analytics darling. I talked about him as a fit for the Twins. They went for a different Gray and Sonny, who's going to pitch Friday. What should Twins fans be expecting in John Gray as of late and on the season? So as of late, he's been in a much better way. His his last start was against the Mets. It wasn't the best start, but it was still good enough. He wasn't going very deep into games like I'm sure most starting pitchers weren't at the beginning of the year. Had uh, the first, I think, two IL stints in his first 
two starts, which uh, not exactly great for their big their big money pitching acquisition, which was like three years, I think about $14 million a year. But he's got a new pitch. Uh, he's got a, a sweeper, as they call it, which is kind of more of a sideways slider. Slider is always his best uh, off speed, or I guess breaking pitch, his best non-fastball pitch. The Rockies said, yeah, there's nothing else we can do to improve that. And shocking, uh, a Rockies team didn't optimize their players. I know we've never seen that before. <laughs> um, but the sweeper and the slider are working really, really well in tandem together. He's got a couple other pitches that are going well. He's throwing his fastball harder than he has before. Um, but the Rangers really, really like him. He's been very dependable, very solid at the top of that Rangers rotation. And the thing about these Rangers starting pitchers is I believe they are 19 and 11 and starts were uh, in games where they're started by John Gray or Martin Perez and uh, much, much worse in games that are started by literally anyone else. So uh, it's a good thing for the Rangers who really need a win, hopefully a series win uh, coming off of that just horrendous series to have any kind of hope that they are going to be even like breathing contention air. Everything you said about John Gray, I think can be said about Sonny Gray acquired in the off season <laughs> via trade, not free agency, uh, but has been very good atop the twins rotation has been on the injured list twice as well. But when he's pitched, he's been really, really good for the twins and uh, has been, you know, Sonny Gray, he's going to give you a chance to win at least Sonny Gray away from New York. Can he give you a chance to win every five days? We'll mix in those great starts. And then also we'll have some starts where, you know, he doesn't get through the fourth or fifth inning. We'll see what versions we'll get of the Grays on Friday night. I'm interested in Martin Perez on Saturday uh, going against Devin Smeltzer. Smeltzer's been a revelation for this team. In a lot of ways, he's been like their most valuable pitcher next to Yuander on in the bullpen. Uh, has stepped into this rotation, you know, 89-90 with the fastball. Doesn't throw hard at all, but just gets out, gets deep into games. Uh, and he'll go against Martin Perez. What it is? What What is it about Martin, Bryce, that – when you watched him in Texas the first time and we watched him as a twin, I, I can see like he's still mid-90s with the fastball, but what's been the difference this year for him? So there's really not that big a difference. It, it sounds so cheesy. He just like has a different mentality, which like normally it's like, okay, like cool. That doesn't really mean that much. But like one of the biggest problems with Martin Perez in his time with Texas, I don't know if it was the same in Minnesota, but like, He'd have one bad inning where, like, oh, a ball would, like, get through a hole. It'd be, like, an error or whatever. And he would just let that spiral and get completely out of control. And he just, like, wouldn't be able to get it back. This year, he is completely different in that he doesn't let those innings spiral. If there's, like, a ball that just finds a hole or a guy gets an error, which, you know, the Rangers have a crap ton of. Corey Seager's had his 10th um, in the last game. And Nathaniel Lowe is prone to quite a few at first base. But, you know, he doesn't let those things spiral. And mechanically, like... It, is repertoire wise, like there's not that much different. I mean, he added the cutter when he went to Minnesota. He didn't have that when he was with Texas. He's throwing his four seamer a whole lot less. Other than that, there's not a huge difference. He's just absolutely painting his spots. Jonah Heim is a great framing catcher that is def definitely helping a whole lot with that, but he's just kind of got a different mentality. He's been in the big leagues this is his 11th season, so he finally has the confidence to be like, oh, I deserve to be here. I don't have to be so careful with these big league hitters because they might be great, but I'm pretty darn great too. Rangers and Twins made a trade. Bryce alluded to a bit earlier. Mitch Garver for Isaiah Kiner-Falefa, who was a twin for 24 hours. I don't even know if he made it 24 hours. I don't know that he did. I might have been like 15. I think he uh, he made it like a night. He was like one night of sleep, and then the next day he woke up, he was a Yankee. Oh, uh, and Ronnie Enriquez as well. Yes, and Ronnie Enriquez. I don't want to forget about him. Uh, so Mitch Garver, let's talk about the Garve sauce. We loved him in Minnesota. I know I did. 
I don't want to speak for all Twins fans, but I absolutely love Mitch Garver. I was sad to see him go. He was such a, a staple for the club in 2019. And then again last year when he was healthy was incredible. What's going on with Garvin, Texas? So Garver, as we know, has the history of injury. It hasn't been the back problem. That was the thing that worried me the most because I feel like a lot of times players will get labeled like injury prone and it's like freak things. Like last year, you know, we had the um, hit in his sensitive areas and there was uh, – <laughs> Early, I think the year before where he got slid into at home plate by Shohei Otani, who is yep. a large human, that's going to hurt twisted. anybody. Yep. And, you know, but the back issues, th- those are things that like that kind of worried me. It hasn't been the back. He's had a, I forget what exactly the injury is, but I think he's going to have to have Tommy John surgery, um, some kind of big elbow surgery. He has not been able to catch since, uh, I want to say early May was when this injury happened. So he's been just DH only. And that's still been very valuable for this Rangers lineup who, is starting to get a little bit deeper. I mean, we saw what, what Adoles Garcia did last year in his breakout year was absolutely worthy of being an all-star. Fell off in the second half. The thought was, okay, is that guy legit? He's doing that again this year. Simeon and Seager haven't quite lived up to expectations, but Jonah Heim, in his absence, has been pretty much all-star caliber. Defensively, offensively, absolutely bringing it in Nathaniel Lowe, too. But they still really need that Mitch Garver bat. The thought is he's probably going to have surgery to fix the elbow injury so he can be ready for the start of next year, because if he doesn't, then he's probably not going to be ready to catch at the start of next year, which would be a huge loss for the Rangers. But again, after this this series of getting swept in three different one-run games. By the way, the Rangers are 4-17 and 17 in one-run games. So if you can get them in a close game, uh, it's going to bode well for the Twins. Yeah, yeah it feels like the Twins' bullpen implosions as well kind of fit, fit along those lines. It's weird <laughs> because the Rangers have a pretty decent bullpen and like a half-decent offense. It's like they shouldn't be this bad in these one-run games. But I love Garver. He's, I mean, everyone knows how great his bat is. Just watching him from afar, I think 2019 was the first time I ever heard of him. And I'm like, who is this random catcher Mm -hmm. from New Mexico State who's got like a 1,000 or like a 1,200 OPS or whatever? I was like, this guy is amazing. And nobody at all is talking about him. So when the Rangers got him, I was like, Isaiah kind of left was kind of out of position at that point. And as much as I love Ronnie Enriquez, he was like, I think 15 on my top 30 prospects and the Rangers have a lot of pitchers. And I thought this is a great deal. This is an absolutely fantastic deal for the Rangers. Let's compare star power after this word from bet online, BetOnline.net is your number one source for all your betting needs and sports info. Find all the latest sports developments, league reviews and news, including this year's NHL playoffs and major league baseball. BetOnline is your continued source for all your sporting wagering information, including live betting, esports, and scores. And BetOnline.net remains the best spot for all your sports scores, podcasts, and news this season. BetOnline.net is the fastest and easiest way to check in on all your favorite sports and events, including MMA, boxing, and golf. And of course, this weekend series between the Rangers and Twins. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends and action. Bet online is where the game starts again. Head over to betonline.net. It's your number one source for all your betting needs and sports info. So Bryce, a lot of times, you know, sometimes not, but a lot of times it comes down to the big hits by your big players. And for the twins this year, it's been a trio of Byron Buxton, Carlos Correa, and Luis Arise. Arise has been the team MVP. You'll see him at the top of this lineup, at least on Friday and Sunday. I don't know if he'll start against the lefty Saturday, but he's batting, I think, 353 with a 425 on base percentage. He's been incredible for the Twins this year. Carlos Correa has been good when he's healthy. He missed a bunch of time with COVID. 
uh, but has been awesome when he's in the lineup and defensively. And then Byron Buxton has hit 22 home runs. He's been really streaky up and down, and right now he's kind of in one of those ruts. But 22 homers, he's healthy. You'll take it. He's been uh, one of the most valuable center fielders in the world. How do they compare to what you've seen from Corey Seager, Marcus Semien, Adolis Garcia this year? Well, I mean, it's really – it was an incredibly rough start. I mean, looking at – there were so many different free agent shortstops that, you know, could have been had. And Corey Seager was at the top of my list. And, uh, you know, he's been better than – well, all the other ones outside of, of the guy that y'all got over there. Which, uh, fun note, I love that the Astros went with uh, Carlos Correa because he – in that draft when he was pick, picked number one overall because he was the signability guy. And the Twins still get Buxton, who's amazing. And now the Twins <laughs> end up with both of them. I yeah. just love that. Honestly, just love any good Astros player going somewhere besides the Astros. But to your point – it was a really rough first month and a half for Marcus Simeon. He didn't have his first home run until like the end of May. Then he went on a great, great run in June, had like the best doubleheader I've ever seen anyone have. Seven for seven for nine, I believe, with a pair of walks and three home runs in wow. Cleveland was just crushing it there. I mean, the Rangers still lost that series because, of course. But uh, yeah, Seager, he's been pretty good for home runs. His expected numbers say that he should be hitting like... I don't know, 280 or 300 or something. And the expected numbers just haven't quite, the real numbers haven't gotten there with the expected numbers. It's been really frustrating. I don't really know what the deal is there, but he's having good at bats, making solid contact. And the numbers just should be better, but he's doing much better in terms of home runs than he's ever done before. He's on pace to absolutely shatter his career high. And Adolis Garcia was, you know, okay to start for the first couple of months and then had an OPS over 900 in July. Same with Nathaniel Lowe. Um, both those guys have been absolutely coming on. I think Adolis Garcia is worthy of an all-star nomination. He has been, you know, dynamic offensively, defensively. If you haven't watched Adolis Garcia play, just just watch this guy. Nobody has more fun playing baseball than him. He is, you know, absolutely electric where Corey Seager and Simeon, they're kind of quieter guys. But Adolis, like, he'll throw you out of the plate. He'll just start, like, stomping around and, like, pumping his fists and everything. Like, whenever he hits a walk-off home run, he'll just, like, smack his chest and just, like, fist pump all the way around the bases. Just absolutely love to see it. But they haven't quite been the same level of stars that that have been carrying these Minnesota Twins. And I have long loved Byron Buxton, and I just love seeing that he's healthy and crushing it because, man, that guy is fun to watch. He is, and he hit a homer at Globe Life last year, I remember, down the left field line right when he came off the injured list. Bryce, I don't, I don't want to do this because it's not, it's not time yet, but if, let's say the Rangers are you know, five, six, seven games below 500 by the time the trade deadline comes, and they're not out of the wildcard race, but enough out where they say, okay, we're going to continue to build toward the future. I know they have a lot of good pitchers coming through, and the future is bright for the Rangers. They can add to that with a good deadline here. So who might be available at the deadline as the Rangers perhaps sell off. So they're kind of in a weird place because they they were so good for so long and they were so hesitant to go into the rebuild that uh, it wasn't until last year that the front office finally admitted that they were rebuilding after three straight losing years. Actually, it might have been like four or five. But uh, they're like, yeah, no, we're finally building with this 100-loss team. But also, you just signed these two big stars, these huge contracts, and like, Everyone knows when you sign a 10-year contract to a guy who's, uh, what, 28 or whatever at the time, it's going to suck at the end. So you got to compete pretty early on. And so they did a good job of not completely mortgaging their future. But you got to sell off these guys on, like, one-year contracts. And 
everyone's going to say Martin Perez. But no, the guy wants to be here. It's so hard to get a good frontline starting pitcher. You cannot trade him if he wants to stay there and sign an extension. So pretty much everyone in the bullpen, I'd say, is fair game, except for Brock Burke, who is a rookie, and I would like to keep on to him. But, you know, Brett Martin, John King are some pretty solid lefties. Joe Barlow, uh, I think, can be a really good high-leverage reliever. I don't know how much you want to trust him as a closer, but he's got some really good stuff. And Dennis Santana has been exceptional this year, as has Matt Moore. So I think those are the guys you look at. You got some other guys kind of on the fringe, whatever you can get for Cole Calhoun, who's been, like, fine. He's fine if you need a guy who's a veteran. It's fine. You can go get him. Brad Miller has not quite been what I expected him to be. He's got another year on his contract after this. Kind of a super utility guy. Crushes righties, theoretically. Did At least did the last couple of years with Philadelphia. But those are the kind of guys that you sell off. Other than that, it's kind of you got to hold on to your guys because this offense has the bare bones of a contending offense. They just need a couple more starting pitchers and a little bit more reliable bullpen. But this team isn't that far away. But right now their record says they're a lot further away than they have looked like they are at times. Something I like about the Rangers offense, and not to credit the Astros, but this is something I've liked about the Astros I'd say, offense. Please don't, please don't credit the Astros. <laughs> is three, you know, three good right-handed hitters, three good left-handed hitters. And at, the Rangers have at least two of each. If you look at, you know, Semyon from the right side and Mitch Garver when he's right from the right side, and then you have, you know, Seager and you have Cole Calhoun and you have Brad Miller. It feels like they have a, a dynamic offense of righties and lefties where they're, they're matchup proof in some ways. And I think it is an offense that can be tough. So the Twins will have their work cut out for them this weekend. It should be a fun series, and hopefully both teams have fun, Bryce. And I want to thank you for joining me today on this Lockdown Crossover. Let's get a series prediction from you. Don't don't hold back because I'm sitting here. Like Some people try to save feelings. Like, oh, you're not going to hurt my feelings. You say the Rangers will <laughs> sweep or win two out of three. What do you think is going to happen here? I think I think they start off with a win. Um, they really need to. At the very least, I think they're going to win the Martin Perez game because they – absolutely need it like this was just a horribly dejecting series against baltimore but if they if they do lose two out of three in this one i'm not going to be as mad because you know the twins are actually a good baseball team trying to win as opposed to baltimore so i say the rangers take two out of three i think they'll probably take the first two with john gray and with martin perez and then dane dunning i think he's been completely unlucky his last couple of games actually doesn't have a single road winning decision in his two years with the Rangers. Some real bad luck there, but I think the Rangers win the first two and then uh, give up the attempt at a sweep on Sunday. What about you? What are your thoughts? Well, I do. I agree that I think the first game will dictate the series in my mind, because I see more, you know, game two. I agree. Smeltzer has been good this year. Martin Perez has been very good. So advantage Rangers there and then I would agree Dylan Bundy's actually been okay for the Twins he's given them a chance to win in a lot of games so I I would agree on Sunday with Dane Dunning going that that's advantage Twins so Vegas agrees I think the it's almost a pick them tomorrow night uh Friday night Twins might be a slight favorite like minus 115 tomorrow night so I agree whoever wins Friday night I think in any series is in the driver's seat um, to win it over the weekend. Bryce, thank you so much. We want to thank you for making this lockdown crossover your first listen today. Now make your second listen lockdown MLB prospects. Host Lindsey Crosby is a prospect encyclopedia and he's going deep on the MLB stars of tomorrow. It's free and available wherever you get your podcast. Follow Bryce at Bryce Pater. Is it Patrick? Patrick. Patrick at Bryce Patrick on Twitter. I am at Nash Walker nine and uh, this should be a fun one. Thanks Bryce. Thanks for having me.